a clear roadmap, you're no longer wasting energy trying to remember operational steps or chasing down details. The newfound freedom lets your brain breathe and gives you more room to innovate and brainstorm. It's a liberating paradox. The more organized that you are, the more space there is for creativity to flow. Welcome to the Nutrition Content Creator Podcast. This is where health and wellness professionals come to nail their nutrition content game, scale their practices, and get clients the results they are looking for. Get ready to unlock your potential as a nutrition professional. I'm your host, Jeannie Petrucci, registered dietitian, nutritionist, culinary coach, and expert nutrition content creator. And I'm super excited to go on this journey with you, supporting you with actionable steps you can take to save time and become more competitive. In this podcast, I'll provide you with solutions. I'll be sharing my knowledge and expertise on how to create compelling, dynamic nutrition content that attracts, serves, and retains your ideal clients. Content that also supports you with growing your practice. Let's get into today's episode. Today is a bit of a behind-the-scenes look at something that I have undertaken in the past six months, establishing SOPs or standard operating procedures for every task in my business. Let me share a secret with you. I am not a naturally organized person. In fact, some people, my friends and family included, might say that I prefer to operate in chaos. I'm really more of a creative type. But as my business has grown and we've added more community and team members, it has become clear that a next level of order is necessary. And this kind of order comes from documented systems and procedures. So I began the journey of documenting every, and I mean every, task in my business, big and small, and I am here to share with you how it's going. I want you to note that the process I'm going to take you through today, I did not undertake on my own. As a fast-growing, mid-sized business, I needed pros driving this bus. We have a team of professional organizers called Online Business Managers, or OBMs, who are supporting me in kind of getting it together. So if you have a small practice, you don't need a team of online business managers, but maybe you want to consider hiring one, or you can probably tackle this yourself, or at least get started using the same process that I have learned. Every creative type knows this feeling well. We are bursting with fresh ideas and riding the waves of spontaneous inspiration, yet sometimes that same energy seems like a double-edged sword. Uh, because while creativity is fantastic, it's easy to get swept away in the tide and kind of overlook the need for some good old-fashioned organization. I used to think that organization might impair creativity and inspiration, but what I have learned is that it actually makes more space for it. Structure is not a creativity killer. In fact, it's quite the opposite. So think about it, with a clear roadmap, you're no longer wasting energy trying to remember operational steps or chasing down details. The newfound freedom lets your brain breathe and gives you more room to innovate and brainstorm. It's a liberating paradox. The more organized that you are, the more space there is for creativity to flow. Before we dive into the process of documenting SOPs in your business, I want to talk about 
the three big wins that I have experienced uh, as a result of the process. So first is boosting efficiency. Imagine running a relay race with a clear marked track versus one full of obstacles and no clear direction. SOPs give you that clear track. Tasks that once seemed daunting or time consuming become second nature, a routine you or a support person can power through, boosting your productivity in the process. Second, it allows you to offer five-star service. When every step of a process is laid out, there's no room for guesswork. This ensures that you're delivering a consistently high quality experience to your clients every single time. No more, did I forget something, moments. Thirdly, scaling your brand with consistency. If you've ever dreamt of expanding your practice, SOPs are going to be necessary. With SOPs in place, scaling your practice and your brand becomes a whole lot smoother. Instead of grappling with the growing pains, you actually have a blueprint now to guide your expansion, ensuring that you keep the same quality and essence that made your business special in the first place. So all in all, setting up SOPs isn't just a business strategy. It really is an investment in your peace of mind, your professional growth, and the lasting satisfaction of your clients. This is where strategy meets serenity. And trust me, it really is a game changer. Now let's talk about getting started with actually creating SOPs in your practice. The formula for documenting SOPs is actually quite simple. The hardest part is identifying the tasks in your practice and making the time to document them properly. Before you begin, you want to place the tasks in your practice into categories such as patient experience, team management, physician partnerships, events, marketing, and referral outreach, for example. Tasks might include patient onboarding, social media referral processes, follow-up protocol, event marketing, newsletters, and discovery calls. As you start documenting your processes, others are definitely going to come up that you didn't think of, so you can just add those to the appropriate categories to keep them organized. One of the best ways to grasp the concept of SOPs is to map out a task you regularly perform. I'm going to use discovery calls as an example. So here's the exercise. I want you to map out your process of a specific task, and I'm going to use the example of discovery calls here. First, lead generation, and you really want to think about where the process starts for this task. For discovery calls, it's going to be about the lead coming in. So we'll start with lead generation. Determine how you're attracting potential clients. Is it through social media, referrals, email campaigns? You wanna write that down. Next, scheduling. Decide on a tool or platform to manage appointments. Next, follow-up emails. Automate email confirmations and reminders. Conduct the call. Determine the platform that you're going to be delivering the call on and prepare a script or a set of talking points. Next, closing the call. Procedures for making the offer and processing payments. Post-call follow-up. Decide on a time frame and method for follow-up. Lastly, tracking. Document how you will measure the success of the call. So the ultimate goal of a discovery call is to convert that person 
into a paying client. So that is going to be that last stage, right? You want to track the pro the conversion really of who's coming in to the discovery call and what percentage of those people are actually converting to clients. And then that will help you refine some other steps. If you're not converting a lot of people, perhaps you need to revise your script or you need to revise your email automation. So you want to make sure again, that you cover the process from the very beginning to the very end. And the very end often leads to your objective for that task anyway. By breaking down each part of the discovery call process, you're essentially creating an SOP that can be further refined. So again, in this exercise, you're just mapping out the process. It's somewhat of a brain dump on a specific task and that can help you get started really simply. Then you're going to apply a six step framework that I'm going to share with you now. Step one is name your SOP. So you're going to start by giving your SOP a name that clearly reflects the process you are documenting. The example here is discovery calls. Most of us know what discovery calls are, but if you want to provide an additional description, this is where you would put it. Step number two, determine the objective and scope. You want to clearly outline what this SOP aims to achieve and where it will be applied within your organization. For example, the purpose of this SOP is to provide consistency during each discovery call and increase the chance of conversion. Number three is to identify stakeholders. You want to identify who will actually be using the SOP, who is responsible for it and who needs to approve it. So you want to add the title of the person responsible for this task. It may be one person or multiple people. In this case, it's going to be someone like a sales coordinator. You want to avoid using a person's name because staff can change. Uh, so pick a title that is most appropriate. Step number four is list resources and prerequisites. Make a list of all tools, software and conditions needed before the procedure can be carried out. And you want to include active links for sign-in or access to everything that you list here. So for discovery calls, I'm listing practice management software or my EHR for booking and conducting discovery calls. I'm going to list Excel for notes and tracking of conversions. And I'm also going to include Google Documents because I'm going to have a script. So there will be a link, an active link in my SOP for my practice management software to log in. There will be an active link to the Excel spreadsheet where we keep notes and tracking information. And there will be an active link to the Google document for the script. So this SOP is not only going to take someone through the procedure, but it's going to show them where to go to complete each step as well. Step number five is document the steps. So you're going to document each action required to complete the task. So this can be a simple list, but make sure that each step is explicit and actionable and also contains links to where people might need to go. The brain dump that you did earlier on discovery calls is going to be really helpful here in documenting each step of the process. So you think about booking a discovery call, what is going to precede that is going to be blocking off times in your EHR calendar for discovery call bookings that will generate a link. You will want to include the link for your EHR calendar here. So number one, 
step is to block off times in your EHR calendar and generate a link for people to book. Second, you want to market your discovery calls on website, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Those are just examples. So I have the uh, website, Instagram, and Facebook pages on my list are hyperlinked to those locations. I would also say here, you can include an active link to another SOP. So if you have a specific process for creating Instagram posts or for advertising your services on Facebook, you can include a link for that here as well. Number three, the discovery call is booked with automated delivery of a survey. So once a discovery call is booked using your EHR calendar link, you want an automated delivery of a survey. You wanna include a link to the survey here. Step number four, you're going to prepare for the call by reviewing the survey responses. Number five, you're going to use the discovery call script as a guide for the call. The discovery call script is hyperlinked here to that script, which is typically just a Google document. Lastly, you're going to update the Excel tracker with notes and conversion data. The Excel tracker is hyperlinked here as well. So we have taken that discovery call process and documented every step of that process with resources embedded. The last option for documenting an SOP would be recording the process and inserting a link to the recording here. We did recordings for every single SOP. So it did, it took a long time. It took us six months to kind of get across the finish line um, and it, it just took time. But I will say that recording SOPs is a great reference for anybody who's trying to follow it. So somebody's going to look at a list of things to do, but watching the video of actually that SOP unfolding is quite a different experience. And if you have both, you have a really robust SOP. Step number six is review. Once your draft is prepared, it's crucial to review it with the team members who will be executing it as they can provide really valuable insights to improve the clarity and efficiency of the SOP. Now, if you are a sole practitioner and you are creating these SOPs for your future business growth, that's awesome. Are you just going to wanna make sure that you review it several times yourself? But I would even recommend considering hiring a VA, somebody who is not already in your business, to go through the SOP and see if they can complete the task because that's going to be the true test uh, if you have documented it properly. Once you've followed the six-step framework for tasks in your practice, you'll have a comprehensive SOP library that not only standardizes processes, but also serves as an invaluable training resource for people who are coming on board to support the growth of your practice. Once your SOPs are created, there are a few things to consider when implementing and maintaining them. First, setting expectations. How do you make sure that everyone's actually following your SOPs? It can be difficult, especially with increased remote support staff, but it's going to be necessary. And it really starts with setting expectations. Just like you wouldn't send a team out onto the playing field without a game plan, you need to make sure that everyone knows the plays. That means setting clear expectations from the get-go. Include SOP training as part of your onboarding process for all new contracts or hires, even for interns if you host them. 
Remember, these procedures are not just nice-to-haves. They really are the building blocks for how your business operates smoothly. I also want you to think about ongoing training and support. SOPs are not a set it and forget it situation because procedures will evolve, new team members will come on board, and the business landscape may shift. Ongoing training ensures that everyone stays on the same page. This might mean regular refresher courses or maybe an SOP of the month review. Don't just leave your SOPs in a folder to collect digital dust. I want you to make them living, breathing documents that are an active part of your business culture. I maintain ours in a simple Google Drive folder. And the second we started creating them six months ago, I started to use them. I started issuing them to contractors that we brought on board uh, to give them a, a test drive, but then also to use them regularly to make sure that everybody was staying on track. Another important part of implementing and maintaining SOPs is the necessity of regular SOP reviews and updates. Maybe when you started, you were using a certain software for practice management, and now you've switched to another. That SOP that you wrote for managing client onboarding it now needs to be updated. Regular reviews of your SOPs ensures that they stay aligned with any changes in tools, objectives, or staff that you may have made. So make it a point maybe every quarter to review and update your SOPs. And when you do make updates, make sure that those changes are communicated clearly to the team. This is not busy work. It really is essential maintenance to keep your business machine running very smoothly. The takeaway here is that by implementing and maintaining your SOPs effectively, you're not just creating a well-oiled machine, you're really setting the stage for your business to scale. You're setting the stage for it to evolve, and you're also going to be better able to adapt for long-term success. As we come to the end of this episode, I want to share some final thoughts with you. First, the addictive nature of systematizing and organizing, it is a thing. Once you get into the rhythm of creating and implementing SOPs, you'll probably find it hard to stop. It's akin to cleaning a cluttered room. Like once you start seeing that clear space form, you want to keep going, right? The addictive nature of systematizing isn't a bad thing. It's a drive that compels you to continuously improve iterate, and streamline your business. I also want to emphasize the emotional outcomes, things like freedom, relief, confidence, and renewed energy that can come from creating SOPs. The emotional payoff is huge. Suddenly your mind is uncluttered. You're free to focus on creativity and strategy rather than getting bogged down by the daily grind. There's a sense of freedom and relief as you take these tasks off your mental load. Confidence is going to soar because you know you have a reliable framework for everything. You're no longer going to be flying by the seat of your pants. And let's not forget about that renewed sense of energy. It's incredible how much more productive and energized you can feel when the basic groundwork is laid out for you. So if you're still on the fence about diving into the SOP world, here is a challenge for you to get started. Just pick one task, a simple task that has been a thorn in your side, something that's always causing hiccups or misunderstandings. I want you to document it, 
systematize it, and implement it. And I want you to feel the change that this one SOP can bring to your business and your mental clarity. Once you experience it, you'll want to systematize everything. It's really just about taking the first step. Once you've broken the ice, you'll feel that the journey ahead really isn't so daunting as it seemed. I can't even believe I'm at the end of my six-month journey for creating SOPs. I have learned so much, and I know at this point in my business that this was a necessary step for growth. So go ahead, make Marie Kondo proud, and start tidying up your business operations. I promise you won't regret it. And now for our content cure for this week. Your content cure is your ultimate guide to creating SOPs for your practice. You can download the resource using the link below in show notes. If you have found this episode and resource helpful, please leave a rating below as it will help us reach even more practitioners just like you and support them on their journey to meeting their content creation goals. That's it for today. Thank you for joining me. I trust that you found value in this episode. Be sure to follow this podcast and remember to download your resources in the show notes. Visit us at livingplaterx.com for complete show notes and access to all the evidence-based nutrition content you need to create a thriving practice that serves up the most delicious and irresistible content your clients are looking for. And don't forget to tune in again next Tuesday as we continue to explore the latest trends in nutrition content marketing.